Welcome everybody to The State, the podcast where we talk about the state of key issues within the church. Today, social justice. So we are talking about social justice and the church, and I think I can't even get my computer to work properly. So we are talking about social justice and the church. It was, um, I'm going to go with two weeks ago now, that uh, some well-known pastors created a, a statement called the Statement on Social Justice and the Gospel. And the objective was to to take on um, the questionable views of sociological, psychological, and political theories that are presently permeating the culture, but also uh, as they they see it and as I see it too, permeating the church. And I, I love this this statement. I think it's really powerful. You can find it at statementonsocialjustice.com or uh, click it in the, the links below. But uh, what started off as just a few well-known pastors coming together to address these issues um, has turned into now over 8,300 and 60 wow. signers of different pastors, different people, uh, churches have mm-hmm. signed it. And I've, I've signed it because I really believe in, I believe in the points of this particular, um, particular statement. Some of the famous names are people like John MacArthur, uh, Vody Bachman, Phil Johnson, James White, as well as um, uh, Justin Peters and Doug Wilson, who is, uh, uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of. I think he's a, a great thinker in the church today and a phenomenal pastor. But so a lot of these guys have taken on this issue of social justice to talk about it. And it seems to be an issue that we really desperately need to address. Now, before we jump into this, and we're going to be talking about it over a series of uh, the state podcasts. Um, but today we're going to define the terms. And before we get into defining the terms, I just want to kind of talk about something that I'm observing in the church today. Um, when it comes to big issues like this, whether it's whether it's social justice or and attached to social justice, we're going to be dealing with gender issues and homosexuality and and race, racial tensions, racial issues, uh, racism, period. Uh, we're going to be talking about complementarianism, you know, the, the different roles between men and women in the church, and as well as um, egalitarianism, which is, you know, that every, you know, everybody's equal and we can all just kind of do the same things. Uh, all of these issues, these hot button issues, uh, often what I see happening in the church today is they often get outsourced. We're doing with Local church pastors are doing with big issues what the church has been guilty of doing with education and with uh, welfare, with the welfare of people in their community for generations. And that is local church pastors are outsourcing it. And they're not necessarily outsourcing it for the same reasons, like they're trying to push off their responsibilities, although that, that may happen. 
What I see happening is that they're pushing that off to the big name preachers, the John MacArthur's, the the uh, the Francis Chan's, the the John Pipers. They're pushing it off to them, and maybe because their people are listening to them, and and what we've done is we've made this kind of like uh, celebrity pastor class. We've got the big guys out there, mm-hmm. and they preach at all the conferences. They speak at all the conferences. And we've outsourced talking about really important issues to those guys. And the local church pastor, when faced with a hard issue, uh, either says or doesn't have to say because his people are doing it, go find out what John Piper says about this subject. <laughs> and they miss the idea that, first of all, uh, the pastoral role is a calling by the Spirit of God. It's not a it's not a vocation choice. No. You don't just get to go. You know what? I, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I want to be a pastor. Well, God can declare whether that's a, a thing or not. But they've outsourced these things, and then it has turned the local pastor into effectively a janitor. They basically clean it up when the when the sheep are puking, right? Yeah. <laughs> when it gets dirty, the, the sheep are the sheep are dirty. So they clean up, they bring the mop bucket in. But when it comes to theology, when it becomes when it comes to doctrinal issues, they outsource it. Well, what is the what does the denomination say? What does the big guy say? <coughs> and it's it's my opinion, and I, I don't I'm not the only one who shares this opinion, and I'm definitely not the one who came up with this. Uh, this phrase, but I believe that the local pastor is to be a resident theologian. I think that's his job. Um, scholar, theologian, I think he needs to be in some ways a philosopher in the ways that philosophy attaches to this. Um, that being said, I want to talk about these issues because um, what do you do when the big name guys get it wrong? What, what do you do when they go off base and you have nowhere to stand? You being the local the church pastor. Or the pastor. The local church pastor. What do you do when the big guys get it wrong? And, and I think we're in a situation where the big guys could be, get get it, it could be getting it wrong in this. Um, and I believe spe- specific definition of the big guys would be those people at the gospel coalition or together for the yeah. gospel where they they're interpreting social justice in a way far more akin to the culture's definition than uh, the the actual terms on the page the words on the mm-hmm. page and the biblical definition of it so mm-hmm. without further ado if you I, have thoughts I on think, that Joe, go well for it. I think you're right. I was going to bring that up, but you just did, that we can get confused between, well, our our first responsibility is obviously go back to the word, no matter what. And hopefully pastors, big or little, would know that. Yeah, you would hope. (laughs) Um, But it's getting more and more popular for pastors to preach other pastors' messages. Yeah. They download a message and they just repeat it. Right. Um, Because, well, that's what the big guy said. And they're Um, trying to grow their church. So if you just say the right thing, you can get butts and seats. I think a lot of it then starts with the mentality of why they're pastoring, uh, what their goals are in being a pastor. Are they trying to grow their church big? Are they just trying to be like somebody else? If that's the case, then of course they probably would pursue it as a career choice. I love right. God. 
I want to serve him, therefore I must be a pastor. Right. Yeah, of course, there are tons of ways to serve yeah, Christ. You don't you have to be serve, a pastor. Serve Jesus unless uh, you're a pastor. <laughs> but so starting at that point, there's a lot of ifs along the way. Well, what about this? What about that? Um, I think and it, it could be that some of the bigger guys have taken that stance. Yeah. You know, pursuing... Uh, church uh, more of as like a corporation. Yeah, pastor and is that's, CEO. That's popular. Of course. And so they get big because it's yeah. very popular. But I don't think it lends towards um, theological accuracy. And there are a lot of, of doctrinal mistakes. Easy ways to compromise to and grow. And so by default, then those listening to them and those copying them and those repeating their messages yeah. are going to get they're going to get tripped up too. And, and so as a pastor, problem. a small pastor or a medium pastor, even, even another big pastor, pastor yes. your first responsibility is know the word of God yeah. forwards and backwards. Right. Spend your time in prayer uh, and follow his spirit to give you discernment and wisdom Absolutely. to know what this word says. And then also know your congregation. This and is why, though... You won't get tripped up so yeah, this easily. This is why um, the local church pastor is so important. Yeah. Uh, I was just playing a video about um, asking the question, who is the most influential person mm-hmm. of the last thousand years? And I shared with you as I was watching that video that um, it's an interesting question because when you ask the question, who's the most influential person of the last thousand years... I want to ask another question that says, do you mean influential to me or do you mean influential at large? Because uh, while, while you, we, we can all list names that everyone would know, right? The Nelson Mandela's of the world. We, we can all list the names of, of the, you know, the John F. Kennedy's or, or whatever it might be that you would say, well, they've had influence, but whether right, good influence or bad influence, you could say that Uh, for me personally, uh, my answer is it's, I'm hard pressed to define whether it's going to be my mom or my dad, because the, the most influential person of the past thousand years is the, is the person that's influenced me has cha- affected change in me. And so the local church pastor has to realize you have opportunity to influence. You have opportunity to define the terms. You have opportunity to shape the culture that you live in. And like you just said, if we're not careful and we're just copying the big guy, the, the, the guy we want to be like, even if he's not mega, he might be you know just likable. If if you're copying him, you're not taking into consideration what your people need. You're transposing on your people what that guy's people need. And right. so it's not this isn't actually helpful. Well, a lot of times it's just repeating popular ideas. Right. And so like you had stated before, you're letting the culture influence you. Create your filters right. and you read God's word now through a modern through filter. Um cultural influence. Mm. And that's not what it says at no, all. Absolutely. So the the pastoral role is resident theologian and they have a responsibility to not outsource 
the job. They need to they need to carry around the mop bucket and the mop. That's fine. That that's one part of our job. But another part of our job is when we're not cleaning up the messes, we're building the foundation. Yes. We're you know, so there there is a massive difference in what's going on in um or should be going on in the local church. That being said, uh, I could easily just forward everybody to a thousand websites and videos and everything else and say, just just listen to what so-and-so says on social justice and the church. Just listen to this, pre- this pastor, this preacher, this person. But it is my responsibility to have an answer for these questions to a person who says, well, I don't know that pastor, and I need to know what I should do in my context right now. What about me? Because here's another truth of social justice and race and uh, gender and the redefinition of marriage, whatever it is. Those things are going to hold varying weights based on where you are in your particular geographic location. We don't think a whole lot about um, about racial diversity in Cincinnati, or well, not in Cincinnati, maybe, but not in Amelia, Ohio. It's no. not as uh, interesting of a question. We don't we don't get into the nuances of it. It's an important question. It's just not as interesting for us because we're just kind of like, yeah, well, we just kind of all look the same and whatever. But um, but the but the the culture's growing and the culture's changing and that question is going to take on a different tone as we become more diverse even in even in our little burg of the world mm-hmm. uh yet i've talked to many of our uh congregants about family members who are dealing with same sex attraction or uh they've decided to declare themselves homosexual, or even lately, the conversation I had a couple of Sundays ago with somebody who said, we have a family member and we have a person that we have influence over that is um, that is uh, transitioning, right? Like, you know, the gender fluidity thing. So when those questions get asked, I have to have, a, I have to go for an answer. Mm-hmm. I can't just go, well, just go ahead and YouTube this and we'll figure yeah. out what's going on. I've got to answer that question. And Which so, just means that there has to be serious time spent right. preparing yourself to be able to answer Without these doubt. common questions according to the Bible. Without doubt. Most pastors, spend, and I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but most pastors because of maybe maybe training or lack of training, maybe it's because of the um, the other work that they do and the and the time consuming nature of being a pastor, helping people and talking with people. Their time in the Word is often spent solely in preparation for Sunday morning, yeah. and not in extended learning and studying and researching and challenging for subjects like this. Yeah. Um, there, there is also a guilt in the culture too, that says you get paid to just sit around and search for these answers. The funny thing is no criticism aren't comes. Aren't you glad I do? <laughs> no criticism comes when they have a question, right? So yeah. <laughs> it's really important. So, so social justice, what we're going to do, uh, in this episode is we're going to define the terms over the, the next few episodes. We're going to get into the social justice and the gospel statement, um, with varying different guests and different, you know, perspectives on it, but we're going to 
We're going to get into those details, 13 points in the, in the statement, and we're going to talk about the affirmations and the denials, and we're going to talk about the scriptures that are used for these defenses and why they're important. Uh, we're going to compare and contrast to things that are being said by the Gospel Coalition, by Together for the Gospel, by the Reformed crew, by, you know, average Joe Blow pastor, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. right? We're going to talk about those things. But but today, what I wanted to do was have a conversation based on these terms. And so we're going to define the term social justice. We're going to define the term that is required to define in that term, which is justice. If you define social justice, you have to define justice. Justice is going to lead us down a path of defining fairness, which is a really interesting thing. And then fairness is going to lead us back, once we wrap those together, it's going to lead us back to the cultural issues of the definition of what it means to be social and where, believe it or not, a political philosophy has come into this equation called socialism. And so where that all plays together. So without further ado, let's get into the first definition. Social justice is defined this way. Justice in terms of the distribution of wealth opportunities and privileges within a society. So it's this is the definition again. Justice in terms of the distribution of wealth, opportunities and privileges within a society. So right off the bat we have a framework in which we're working. We're we're talking about the distribution of wealth, opportunities in life in in society and culture as well as the privileges that a particular person might have, okay? But notice this first word, it's justice in those terms. So now check this out. This, okay. is, this is where we get to have some fun. Justice is defined as the maintenance or administration of what is just, Don't you hate that? Mm -hmm. Thanks. You didn't help me in anything. But if we think about how to maintain or how to administrate justice, that's part of justice. So let's go down and we'll find out more about this term justice. It's the quality of being just, not helpful, impartial or fair. That's what being just means. Okay. Justice means it's the quality of being just fair. So therefore, fairness has to come into this. We have to ask the question, what does that mean? But here's where here's where we start to get to pinpoint definitions. Uh, the principle or ideal of just dealing or right action. So justice means doing what's right. It's right actions. It's conformity to this principle or ideal, the principle of righteousness, This is where the biblical model comes in, as well as conformity to truth, fact, or reason. I love that. Mm. Okay. Now, let's just think about those terms and go back to, before we introduce fairness, let's jump back to social justice with this in mind, that justice is the ideal of doing what is right. It's doing what is right, what is just. Okay. Justice in terms of distributing wealth. What would be just? What would be right or fair? And we'll get to fairness here in a second. But what would be right, righteous, or correct in distributing wealth? How would that play out? If you work for it, you get it. If you work for it, if you... you, Yeah, Jesus gave several um, parables concerning the, the workers that there was a man who hired workers to go in his field 
and some he hired first thing in the morning and he offered to pay them a certain wage and they agreed. So they went to work. Then later on, he went and hired some more people. Later in the day and later later in the day day and later in the day. Until eventually he goes out just before the workday ends, hires a few more people, offers to pay them the same wage, and they agree. When it came time for them to all be paid, the people who worked all day for the wage that they agreed to work all day for got upset because the master paid the people who'd only worked for an hour the same amount that they worked. Now, the modern... And yet, they're the ones that agreed. This was Jesus' right, point. Right. You agreed to work all day for this wage. Is it not my right, then, to give? Yes. But see, now we're getting into the real meaning behind the text, and the challenge is that even the social, the, the people who use social justice in what I believe is a non-biblical way use that biblical passage as their proof. They say, everybody should get the same. It's the master's right to determine that. So yeah, the, my, the, my the point wage was payer... The, the people in the morning agreed to work for a certain wage. Be right. happy with what you worked for. Right. That you took right. the job knowing exactly. what you were going to get paid. If somebody else, if the master decides he wants to pay somebody else the same amount as you and they worked less, absolutely, that's his right to do so. Right. And so what and you we're can't dealing say it's with... not fair because fairness says I am that the master pays you the wage you agreed to work for. Yes. That's so fairness. Now we're getting to the heart of this which is to be just in terms of distribution of wealth, it is the proper distribution of wealth uh, according to what has been agreed to. Yes. Okay. So if you're a worker, the worker is worth his wages. This is, we see this in the scripture. The worker is worth his wages. He, you know, that's fine. Um, but what you get paid should be reflective of what you've put in, what, how you do this. Okay. Now let's think about this. What is right when it comes to, that's what justice means. Justice in terms, what is right in terms of opportunities? What is right in terms of opportunities? So let's give some scenarios here. Let's say we're talking about professional football players. Okay. Should everybody be given the opportunity to be the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Should everybody be given the opportunity? I mean, they, they're, you know, maybe because they're awful, they need to try this. But <laughs> the, the reality to this question is, sure, everybody should be given the opportunity. Not everybody should be given the outcome of being the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. The, the one who is the best but now we have a ranking issue. Now we're talking about those who have shown themselves, proven themselves to be a cut above. And we have a problem in our culture right now that says, no, we don't just want equal opportunity. We don't just want uh, same opportunity. We want the same outcome. But this, if taken to its absurd level, is proven to be nonsense. Yeah. So let's give everybody the opportunity but let's check whether or not the outcome can be the same. We're going to give every woman in the world the opportunity to fertilize her own eggs to have a baby. We're going to give her the opportunity. That's not possible. 
but it's not possible, which means the outcome, no matter how much opportunity you give them, will not be accomplished. The point then is we can give equal opportunity to everybody, but when you don't produce the outcome that some do, when you don't get the outcome, you can't be upset. And some of it is some of it requires us to reflect on who we are, what we're made to do, men, women, right? Because there are these biological distinctions, right? Men, women, these things. We have to go back to this and say, okay, we can give everybody the same opportunities, but you better be ready for the fact that not everybody is going to have the same outcome. But social justice says it's justice in terms of opportunities, but it's doing what's right in terms of opportunities, which means I'm good with giving anybody and everybody the opportunity to do a thing. But if we find out that, that, that that's not possible to produce the outcome, why would we just keep trying to fit a, a square peg in a round hole? Why do we keep trying to do these things, you see what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So it goes on and it says justice or doing what is right in terms of privileges within a society. Privileges. Give everybody what's right with regard to privileges. Now we're talking about outcome. Do you see it? Outcome is a privilege. Outcome could be a privilege. I guess outcome could be, um, in this sense, we should be welcome to this. Everybody has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Everybody has the opportunity for that. In America, does everybody get that outcome? In America, does everybody get the outcome of, of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Is everybody happy around here? No, but they're pursuing it. <laughs> but they're pursuing it. There we go. The, the, they have a right to pursue the, it. The first they ever actually get there. <laughs> the first statement was life, liberty, and the pursuit of land. And not everybody was given that right, sadly, right? Now, we can give everybody the opportunity. Let's say we give everybody the opportunity to own a piece of land. It doesn't mean everybody will take you up on that opportunity, and it sure doesn't mean that everybody will uh, pay for that right. You see what I'm saying? So here's where I'm going with all of this. Social justice is defined as justice in terms of the distribution of wealth, opportunity, and privileges within a society. Justice means the principle or ideal of just dealing or right action. Fair, fairness comes into play when we know that fairness is defined as impartial or just treatment or behavior without favoritism or discrimination. You should not give... Uh, you should not reject a person the opportunity for a thing because you don't like the color of their skin. This is stupid, mm -hmm. okay? Opportunity needs to be given. Uh, opportunity needs to be given because they are of a particular gender, okay? Men and women, give them both the same opportunities. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Until we find things that we know they won't produce the outcome of my previous illustration, right? We'll give every woman in the world the opportunity to fertilize her own eggs. And I don't mean artificial insemination. Yeah. Fertilize your own eggs with your biology inside of yourself. Do that. Is it really an opportunity though when it's physically impossible so, to do? So now we're getting to a bigger question, which is equal opportunity in all areas of life is not actually a doable thing. No. 
There's some things that you don't you don't have the opportunity it's to do. It's completely illogical to expect yes. that. But when we live in an egalitarian society where we say that everybody should do everything, men and women are exactly the same, this is how it should play out, we can't people go mad when you say there are certain things that yeah. I can it give you the opportunity. Limits. I'll give you the opportunity, but it's futile because it's not possible. Yeah. Are you just happy that I gave you the opportunity? Or are you just happy that society gave you the opportunity? I'm confused as to what you're really wanting, right? If you want equal outcome, we have another problem. This is the problem with the modern social justice movement, okay? So if we put all these terms together, right? If we put all these terms together, what we have just said that social justice means is, according to justice, it is the principle or ideal of just dealing or right action, right? The quality of being just, impartial, and fair. Fairness says you can't show favoritism and there can be no discrimination, which means true social, social justice or social justice, I don't know what I'm saying, social. but true social justice means that you give everybody the opportunity, you don't guarantee any outcomes, but it is to judge rightly when it comes to wealth, you earn your keep. It is to judge rightly when it comes to the opportunities that are given in life and the privileges within the society. You have to judge rightly in all these areas. And if you give someone a privilege because of their race, gender, or whatever, Whatever different factor they have, if you give them uh, a, if you give them priority because of that, you have violated fairness, which means you violated justice, and now all you're dealing with is social nonsense that you've made up. This is not social justice anymore. It's not true justice. It's not true justice. That's the point. Yeah. So why have the word in there? Just it sounds good. Yeah. Call this what it is. It's actually the. It's the step toward socialism. This is what this is, right? It's a capital S for social and a lowercase j if, ju if justice is even present in the term, right? Justice means the modern social justice movement makes no sense because they show preference. They show favoritism. They show partiality. You can't have that in social justice. You can't. You have to throw out the word justice if that's the case. You see the point? Yeah. So this becomes challenging when we're looking at these terms. Now, this is telling. Dictionary.com, you know how they put a sentence under every uh, term so that maybe you can gain a better understanding. Give it a context. Give yeah. it a context, how it's understood. Listen to what the sentence says. Individuality gives way to the struggle for social justice. Hmm. The sentence betrays the agenda. The sentence betrays the agenda. The, the paragon of ideas is, is social justice over here. And the thing standing in its way, individualism. So you can't be an individual anymore. No. You're, because you're an individual, you're standing in the way. And if you want true social justice, what you need to do is sacrifice your individualism. You need to throw it completely away. Now... Here's what socialism is defined as. Socialism is any of various economic and political theories advocating collective or governmental ownership 
and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods. So we're going to go back to social justice, which says justice in terms of distribution of wealth, opportunities, and privileges. Socialism says, well, we're going to advocate for a collective governmental ownership and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods. So what is being said in socialism is that justice is doled out by the government. Mm -hmm. Justice is determined by them. Not an absolute thing, but a subjective governmental structure, okay? It goes on. Which means it can be manipulated. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's it also does, it a is. system of society or group living in which there is no private property. Hold on a second. No private property. No individual property. Because individualism is the problem. Well, it's a paradox in America because <laughs> yes, America is. is all about your rights. As an individual. Yes. This is why the social justice movement leading to socialism, which, by the way, look at, look at the third definition of socialism, a stage of society in Marxist theory transitional between capitalism and communism. We'll define communism here in just a second. Oh, great. And distinguished by unequal distribution, distinguished by unequal distribution of goods and pay according to work done. Unequal distribution. Not, not what is right, not what is just, not what is fair. Unequal. Well, I'm sorry that you're underprivileged, therefore you should be given more to equal you with the rich unequal distribution. That's the goal of this. Now, here's what's fascinating about this. Social justice, social justice movement, as defined by the culture, is not fair. It's not fair at all. It's got favoritism yeah. and discrimination all over the board. And the discrimination is against whoever's in power. Whoever's Who, rich. Whoever's rich, whoever's leading, whoever Who's seems privileged. Whoever seems privileged, whoever, back to social justice definition, whoever seems to have more opportunities, whoever seems to have more wealth. So what, what happens is that you are discriminating against them and you show favoritism to the, to the less than, according to you. Which means Not according, the lazy <laughs> get supported. It can mean that. It can mean well, that. Well, that would be the natural progression if... If I don't have to work yes. hard, then why? And the government will give me what I need to equal me to the one who does work really hard and makes a lot of money, then I'll make a lot of money without doing anything. So right. why bother? Right. right. This is Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged all over again. The whole point is the book is it's connected with this, this idea of take it away from the people who work really hard, and guess what will happen? They'll walk away. That's what will happen. Right? <laughs> this is and people, then, people then the have people no incentive hard. to do anything. Then nobody works hard. Okay. Then what do you do? So, but here, when here's, nobody's working here's anymore. Here's the point in defining the terms. When you define social justice as justice in terms of the distribution of wealth, opportunities, privileges within a society, and you define justice as the quality of being impartial or fair or doing what is right, and then you define fairness correctly that it doesn't show favoritism or discrimination, the modern social justice movement is discrimination and favoritism. It's just not done in the ways that they believe discrimination and favoritism have always gone. 
So it is not, it's social in its construct, socialistic in its construct. It is not just in its construct. So it's completely mislabeled. It's completely mislabeled. So here's the issue. When in the church, when people come out and say it is a it is an imperative that social justice be a part of the gospel, our challenge has got to be let's define the terms and then we'll decide whether or not it's a part of the gospel. Social justice demands justice. You can't just have the social aspect and not the the just part of it. Justice is doing what is right in a fair manner, which is not showing favoritism. It's not showing discrimination. So in any way, shape, or form to force Mm -hmm. social justice, meaning the usurping of power or the pushing down of one people group so that you can bring up the person that you feel is oppressed that day or the person who claims to be a victim that day violates fairness, which violates justice, which then leaves you without social justice. You're not actually dealing with the right thing right now. And so as far as the church goes, as far as the church goes, social justice can only be uh, valid to us, can only be valid to us in that we act justly inside of our society. Social justice. We have to act justly in our society, but we can't make other people act justly in our society. You can't use church to do it, you can't use the government to do it. <laughs> you know, you cannot do this. It, this is a, this is in that it is a gospel issue, which pains me to say, because I agree with this, the statement on social justice, in that it is a gospel issue, it is a gospel issue this way. The gospel is required for true justice in society. The gospel is, which means people have to die to themselves in order to really see true justice. Other than that, we're going to be banging our heads against a wall for the rest of life, Mm -hmm. trying to solve the problem with a different solution. Jesus is the only solution. That's the point. You've just spent a little over a half an hour with us on the state, and we appreciate you being with us. If you have comments, uh, questions about anything we've talked about, go ahead and put those comments in the comment section below. I enjoy that conversation. Uh, You can also email me at nathanfrankhauser at gmail.com, nathanfrankhauser at gmail.com. If you are interested in more content like this, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Hit the bell icon so that you'll get an email notification when any new episodes go live. Uh, I also want to encourage you to subscribe to our iTunes channel, our Google Play channel, or our SoundCloud channel where you can hear this on the go on your cell phone if you don't have time to sit down with YouTube. Thanks again for watching and listening. We'll see you next week. Everlasting, to everlasting, I got a raise. I-